0: Fresh meat! <laughs> Freddy Krueger is one of the greatest horror icons of all time. That's just a fact. He cemented himself in pop culture due to Robert England's stellar performance. Please, God, this the killer makeup effects, and the unique and terrifying way in which he murders his victims. And he's been shepherded by some really interesting directors along the way, like Wes Craven, Ronnie Yu, and Rennie Harlan. Today on The Horror Movie That Almost Was, we're taking a look at the time that Peter Jackson almost stepped onto Elm Street. That's right, we're taking a peek at an alternate reality where Freddy's Dead never happened, thank God, And instead, we were treated to Peter Jackson's A Nightmare on Elm Street 6, The Dream Lover. 1989 saw the release of A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Unlike previous entries that had seen a box office uptick with each film, minus the second one, which struggled a little bit, this one gave the series its all-time low. Which is sad given that the film's budget was only $6 million and still managed to rake in over $22 million in return. If anything, that just goes to show just how much the studio was expecting to profit off these films. Unrealistic expectations? Maybe. While the film was in the green, it wasn't enough for the studio to be at ease with the direction of the series. So, New Line did what any sensible studio would do. They hired multiple writers to write multiple screenplays, and they could decide which was better and go with that. Going after up-and-coming filmmakers, the producers saw the film Bad Taste and knew it was something special. So they went after the writer and director, Peter Jackson, to try his hand at Elm Street. Jackson brought his Meet the Feebles co-writer, Danny Mulran, on board. I'm probably butchering that name. And got to work on his idea for Nightmare. Dream Lover The naming scheme is great for a variety of reasons. Obviously, it keeps in line with the previous entries with Dream Warriors, Dream Master, and Dream Child. But then it also raises a whole new set of interesting questions. Why in an Elm Street Story would any character love dreams? Are we talking about Freddy here? Or are we talking about giving Freddy a love interest? Ooh, the possibilities are endless. In actuality, the dream lover means a lot of things. Sure, it absolutely means our main villain, Freddy Krueger. Dreams are his entire reason for being. Yeah, his are usually more on the nightmare side of things, but it's all semantics. But we're also talking about the children of Elm Street. Because in Jackson's story, we're seeing Freddy in a way we could have never imagined him. Weak set several years after the events of the dream child this movie takes place in a much different town of springwood gone are the days where the police are hushing the name of fred krueger it's got to be Freddy krueger hey don't even say that son of a bitch's name out loud let's just keep it together instead teens are recreationally taking sleeping pills in order to confront the once fearsome dream demon in the nightmare scape. Freddy, who feeds off the fear of his victims, just grows weaker and weaker to the point that he can't kill someone even if he wanted. It is a very the tables have turned kind of story that we've never really seen in an Elm Street before. At least not in anything outside of the finale. Sure, usually the final girls are summoning the power to defeat Krueger through perseverance or the help of their friends. Here, Kruger is already in that state, so there's no journey these kids need to go on right away. If anything, they represent the teens who were given everything in life and didn't have to work for their reward. But it's not only the teens who are getting in on the fun. Even the parents are taking dream naps to go and bully Freddy. They're able to enact revenge on the person that killed various people in their lives. It's all about retribution. So this isn't yet another Elm Street with the parents refusing to acknowledge Kruger's existence. We get to see them in on the action, just like the teens. Because usually the parents in a Elm Street movie are yet another obstacle in the way of their teens getting help. They refuse to help their kids in any meaningful way outside of just ignoring the problem and hoping that it goes away. So actually seeing the parents involved in the story and almost falling in line with what would be the usual character fodder feels extremely fresh for the series (laughs) one of the more intriguing aspects of the script is the fact that we would have seen the dream world in a way we'd never experienced it before given the meta nature it would have given us more of a perspective into how environments come to be and how it's planned out more than spur of the moment that the movies would lead you to believe Freddy plans out his nightmares. The dream world is not one that can be controlled, and it's not just owned by Freddy. He's simply an inhabitant. So a lot of the story revolves around the idea of controlling the dream world, whether that's the teens or Freddy himself. But this is a Elm Street film, so we can't just spend the entire duration watching Freddy get beat up. Thank God for dumb teens. One of the teens, while tormenting Freddy in the dream, manages to get himself killed this gives freddy just enough power that it starts a domino effect within the community as residents go to sleep unknowingly entering a dream world they can't control freddy goes on a bit of a rampage and in the process kidnaps one of the adults this sets the stage for the finale where the son of the kidnapped adult must go into the dream world to save him his journey feels very similar to nancy's in the original only instead of pulling freddy out in the dream world He plans on defeating Freddy in his own territory, and use the dream world to his advantage. While the script is extremely meta, it doesn't do anything too crazy with its ending. Our lead hero defeats Freddy and vanquishes him by overcoming his fear of him. It's a pretty standard Elm Street ending, but that's okay. Not everything needs to challenge the form. If anything, it's still a sequel to a very popular horror franchise so there always needs to be at least some level of fan service. But with all of the opportunities to show more nightmares than ever, fan service could easily be done in spades. It's pretty easy to see why this script has become the holy grail for Elm Street fans. The sheer idea of having Peter Jackson involved in the series is intriguing enough, but add to that the extremely interesting and innovative concept of Freddy being bullied in dreams. absolute Gold mine. And with Jackson's involvement, it's easy to theorize that this could have been the biggest slatterfest the Elm Street series has ever seen. I mean, just look at his past work. So, The Dream Lover is an interesting name, because it shifts as the story progresses. The townspeople of Springwood go from loving dreams so much that they recreationally take sleeping pills, and Freddy being weak, hating the dream world, to Freddy growing strong, taking over the dream world, and regaining his title of the dream lover. But all of this is for naught. Instead of Jackson's script, they chose a script from series producers Rachel Talele and Michael DeLuca. And we received Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. Yeah. Given the film's rough reputation, it's hard not to look at the Jackson screenplay with rose-tinted glasses however we did eventually get some of the meta concepts a few years later in west craven's new nightmare but Dreamlover presented us an intriguing sequel world that we never got one where teens are set on reclaiming the dream world it's no longer this mysterious weapon that freddy uses against them instead it's a powerful tool that they can also use against freddy this could have brought about a whole new direction for the series instead of the wrap-up we received <laughs> At this point, the Elm Street franchise is in severe need of new life. 2010's reboot nearly killed the series, and the rest of us have just been waiting to see where Freddy could possibly pop up next. While Jackson's screenplay definitely needs to be done in an established Elm Street universe, therefore leaving out any potential reboot talk, it would be interesting to see this script used once the series does come back and get going. With the Craven estate regaining the rights in 2019, it seems like it'll result in a better outcome than the Samuel Bayer music video reboot. Whether that's from Elijah Wood or Fidi Alvarez, who have shown interest in the series, or someone entirely new, I think we can all agree that we need to enter the dream world again. Ready. Are there any unmade horror films that you want us to cover? Name the film below and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for watching our show. If you like what you see, please subscribe to our Joe Blow Horror Videos channel, tell your friends who like this sort of content, and turn on the bell to receive notifications for all of our latest videos. We're an independent company, and we appreciate all of your support.